total elimination of bacterial contamination may not be possible, uh, but there are options to reduce the risk of contamination in the feed raw materials and incomplete feeds. A whole new era of communication in the feed mill industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds in the global feed mill industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving to a feed mill, to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutrition program innovation. Ivonic Animal Nutrition, we are sciencing the global food challenge. Welcome to the Feed Science Podcast Show, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and all that's working in the global feed mill industry. Welcome to the Feed Science Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ron Hollenbeck, and today we're joined by Ying Chen and Flavio Longo from Eastman Chemical Company. Uh, if uh, uh, Ying, if you would want to start, just do a kind of give us a, a brief uh, background on yourself, anything you'd like to share, and then uh, when she is completed, Flavio, if you would do the same. Thank you, Ron. Right nice to be in this session here. My name's Ying Chen. I'm from Eastman Chemical Company, and I work there as a senior application development and tech service manager. And my training background is mainly about monogastric nutrition physiology. And also now I focus my research work in Eastman on the gut health related additive development and R&D work. Hi, hi. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you all. And my name is Flavio Longo. I'm an animal scientist with a master science and PhD in animal nutrition. I'm I, I'm currently the technical service manager of Eastman too, and I've been working for all the Latin America region. And that's it. I'm I'm here to to share. Uh, my knowledge and to discuss the, the, this nice topic with you all. Eastman serves veterinarians and nutritionists in agrochemical and animal health industries by helping them select, evaluate, and implement innovative nutritional programs. Eastman works with your team to customize your gut health approach in feed and water. Eastman's approach addresses nutritional and bacterial challenges and finds new ingredient preservation and hygiene solutions. Explore ways to accelerate and innovate your programs. Contact the animal nutrition team at eastman.com. Great. Well, thank you both for, for joining us today. Um, Ying, if, if you'd like to, uh, I guess, just kind of give us a, a brief overview of the, the, the topics you'd like to discuss today, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Sounds great. So for today's session, Flavio and I, we would like to share some of our knowledge experience um, on the topic related to strategies to tackle bacterial contamination challenges in feed and feed raw materials. Good. Uh, do, so Flavio, do you want to um, you know, start in on, uh, uh, I guess, the overview of, of contamination issues uh, in feed? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, uh, to start to talk about this topic, it's important to mention some uh, statistics, right? Uh, it's important to to relate the the the, the feed 
to the 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 the, the, the food chain, right? So that we know that the there are foodborne disease around the world that 10% of the people suffer of some gastroenteritis uh, related to the food ingestion. Uh, this means around uh, 420,000 deaths, uh, that that 30% of these deaths uh, are with kids with less than five years uh, old. If you consider the Brazilian statistics, uh, that's a lot regional. So different region, different statistics. 20% uh, of this, uh, this impact, this, this diseases, this, uh, the foodborne diseases are related to animal protein uh, food. And the most prevalent bacteria related to this uh, uh, protein food is salmonella. And if you go to the US, for example, uh, 153 million people can suffer a salmonella uh, disease per year, uh, which means around 57,000 of deaths and 20% of them related to animal food origin. So it's important to connect this uh, food importance of the, the control of uh, uh, contamination in the feed, because feed is uh, it's an important contamination vector within the animal production, right? Especially when we talk about the highly intensive systems with very well established standards like uh, of biosecurity, like the poultry meat production chain. Uh, and if you use a salmonella as a reference of a bacteria um, inside of this chain, we know that it's very difficult to be controlled. Uh, salmonella can stay in this, in this environment for months, two years in different materials and mainly in the dust that is, is, is everywhere in the production plants. Uh, we have the favorable conditions. Uh, if we have the favorable, favorable conditions to this bacteria to grow, they, they will start to grow in the system. So even small numbers of salmonella in feed or raw materials is a risk. Uh, there is a potential threat and must be controlled, right? If we, we see the feed plants that we have nowadays in our, uh, in, our in, in the world, uh, there are multiple limitations to microbiological control, right? Uh, there are open doors, there are birds and rodents uh, present there, uh, looking for food, right? Food for the, the this, this type of animals, the kind of animals. There are dust from ingredients and, the, and in the process. There are operators moving around the feed plant so can carry the contamination from one part for the other part. Uh, inside of the process, we have um, equipment, uh, dryers, coolers, uh, augers, all the equipment that has difficult uh, points with difficulty to clean. So we have inside of the equipment dust, we have biofilm, and we have the bacteria there. And once the salmonella or any other bacteria is inside of the system, the cross-contamination can happen uh, with the, the, the environment and the, and the feed and the, and the raw materials and could persist for a long time if we don't take measures. Uh, and to, to get it worse, uh, if the feed con is contaminated, could be spread for all the animal farms because the feed distribute the feed 
the feed plant distribute the feed for different animal farms so it can reach the, the food chain. And inside of the feed plants, we have the raw materials uh, that has the risk to have contamination at many stages of production, like uh, uh, the growing crops, uh, like in soybean meals crops, uh, shipping process, logistics chain, like the trucks that carry the, the products to inside of the feed plants, the process, process, processing uh, in, the, in the plants, uh, oil extraction, for example, and the storage conditions, uh, all these stages we can we have risks of contaminations and for example in terms of different raw materials we can see levels of contamination around 10 percent in animal protein meals and around five percent in vegetable protein meals using uh, soybean meals as reference so uh, it's more than important that measures to reduce this this risk and the levels of contamination of raw materials and feed, uh, it's mandatory. To, uh, we have to do it for to 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 make a animal uh, a, a safe animal production uh, to the to the market. Good. Do you see? Um, are are there many differences in in the contamination levels of of different ingredients? Uh, in in different countries uh or is it pretty consistent uh there there is a, a difference but i if you consider uh the main countries the, the main production system like uh, us brazil and europe uh, is 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 a little bit is, is is quite similar because of the production system because of the the intensive uh, of biosecurity that we have the intensive of cares that they they have in the and one of the one of the topics is uh, sampling right the more you sample the more you sampling more uh, positive samples you you can find right but so company countries or 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 companies that invest in sampling, they they can find more uh, uh, positive samples in different raw materials, but they can also have the advantage to 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 have the information to to run some actions to reduce this uh, this uh, contamination levels, right? So it can vary, but uh, uh, if you consider uh, high uh, uh, high uh, levels of production, high uh, uh, very related biosecurity companies, it's uh, quite similar. Or countries and companies. I'm talking about companies and countries in, in general. Sure, yes, yep. Okay, uh, uh, Ying, uh, what, uh, you know, what tools would, would you use to, to, to help control this and, and prevent spread? Yeah, Rob, that's a really good question. So although the total elimination of bacterial contamination may not be possible, uh, but there are options to reduce the risk of contamination in the feed raw materials and incomplete feeds. So, so first, it always starts with prevention uh, where the implementation of an effective biosecurity plan that will help reduce the risk of contamination being introduced and spread throughout the feed manufacturing facility. 
And then based on the contamination severity and probability, mitigation steps can be further implemented. And in general, physical and chemical measures can be used to mitigate bacterial contaminations. So when we speak about physical measures that include irradiation and thermal or, or heating processing. So heating processing of animal feeds is traditionally done via pelleting, whereas pet and aqua feeds are commonly produced via extrusion. Uh, it is important to know that heat processing can greatly reduce the contamination level, but it is really a point in time strategy. Uh, so there is still possibility that post-processing contamination can happen. Um, and that means following the heating processing, cross-contamination may still happen further downstream. Um, so in that case, the use of some chemical additives, either alone or in combination with those other mitigation techniques, has become more of interest to help decrease the risk of cross-contamination and even recontamination. Um, and then uh, commonly used chemical additives include formaldehyde, organic acids, and more recent research also evaluating some of those phytogenic compounds and organic derivatives, uh, such as monoglycerides. Have you had mentioned uh, heat processing um, as as a tool? And yeah, we've uh, I, I've heard that in my whole career from a pelleting standpoint. I mean, I've always said you need to be you know, 180 degrees Fahrenheit or higher to uh, to kill any, um, you know, uh, pathogens that uh, that may be in the feed. But um, have, what's your thoughts or have you done any research on, uh, you know, post pelleting, uh, you know, we heat it up, we add moisture, goes into the cooler. Um, I mean, from an operation standpoint and a a cost control standpoint, we always we want to take out the moisture that we added in the conditioning and pelleting process. But uh, from from a financial standpoint, we don't want to take out any more. Um, are do you? Uh, from a a, a contaminate a post pelleting contamination perspective, um, are are we doing the right thing in the feed mill to prevent future contamination, uh, or should we uh, should we reevaluate the the cooling and drying processes that are currently utilized in in feed manufacturing? So, uh, yeah, for that question, um, I, I think it's, it's important to have a standardized uh, procedure to, to follow uh, going through that uh, conditioning and then uh, post-palleting that cooling steps uh, to first to make, make sure that we have the, the good quality of the feed that we're producing. But indeed, through this process, there are potential risks uh, to cause that cross-contamination or recontamination. So I think there is, uh, like also Flavor mentioned, the sampling steps is important to help us to have that understanding uh, which steps or, or like in those several steps um, to identify where potentially we could have that kind of risk. And that's going to help us to further develop that um, uh, kind of like control plan uh, which step we need to pay most attention to to adjust uh, if needed 
for this bacterial control uh, to uh, address that contamination issue. If I can add a comment, uh, uh, just a, a comment that by experience that I, I I have seen in some in some feed plants, the this, this the cooling system is one of the main, the most important uh, place to be controlled the cross contamination the the recontamination of the the, the pellet feed the, the heat treated feed. Uh, because most of the feed plants, they collect the air from the environment of the feed plant and the, the mm -hmm. air of the environment is contaminated. So you just finish the treatment, the heat treatment, and you eliminate the contamination and you put the air contaminated again in the, in the, in the, in the pellet to, to, to cool the pellet, right? So it's a, it's a very important uh, top to be observed by the, the feed manager. Uh, where this air is coming, uh, it's in the top, it's in the bottle, it's close to the place that we have dusty. So it's uh, it's one of the top that I, it's uh, it's important to highlight in this in this uh, in this topic. Uh, thank you for the question. It's good to to share. Sure, thank you. Uh, you you had mentioned uh, you know different treatments for maldehyde. Uh, Monoglycer, uh, monoglycerides, organic acids. What what are the advantages, disadvantages of of, of each of those uh, treatment methods? Uh, if you agreeing, I can start to talk about the the formaldehyde uh, treatment. Sure. I yeah, I, I I believe that there is no discussion about the effectiveness uh, of the formaldehyde product. Uh, formaldehyde works in a wide range of microorganisms, including the salmonella, that's uh, our reference. Uh, formaldehyde uh, was used for a long time to preserve feed and raw material around the world. And even the formaldehyde options that we have in the market as, as product, with they are nowadays uh, in combination of organic acids, like uh, propionic acid, for example, or even bioactives uh, that the, the producers, the companies that supply formaldehyde-based products are trying to improve the stability and the efficacy of the product uh, even more and more to reduce the, the, the vapors to, uh, to, to, to trying to do the best of them. Uh, but although of use it for decades and people knows how to use the formaldehyde. There are some concerns uh, regarding the, the handling and exposition of the formaldehyde, right? Uh, in, in Europe, uh, Europe was the, was the first uh, region to conclude in 2014 that formaldehyde uh, was carcinogen by inhalation, right? And associated formaldehyde to leukemia uh, some leukemia problems and and the chemical agents uh, uh, from Europe uh, established that formaldehyde was carcinogenic and mutagenic and a harm of inhalation, right? So uh, taking account all these adverse effects on health by handling the product, by handling formaldehyde uh, associated to the precautionary principle of protection of works health in Europe, and now also the availability of some alternatives. Uh, the 
the Europe was the first uh, region to uh, to ban uh, to deny the authorization of formaldehyde for feed uh, for feed. And since since this uh, this happened, uh, there was an impact in a global feed industry. Uh, some because some countries still allowed to to be used uh, formaldehyde under certain levels of cautions. Uh, but uh, uh, Europe is a key opinion leader in the animal protein food pro uh, chain. So it's also an important uh, importer uh, and import all the, 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 the meat under their regulation. So uh, companies that are producing uh, animal protein to export to Europe must produce without following this reg their, their, their regulation. So the, they must produce without uh, uh, formaldehyde. So several alternatives and actions are under development to control bacterial con contamination without formaldehyde nowadays, and both in feed and raw materials. For sure, following the local regulations, because regulations in Brazil is different from from US, from the US and from Europe. Uh, as an example, in Europe, uh, the formic acid and the sodium formate, they were authorized as feed hygiene conditions uh, enhancers, right? So, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know formaldehyde products um, have been banned in, in some countries. Uh, they're still uh, able to be used in the in the United States anyway. Um, and I, and I've been in, I don't have a lot of experience, uh, with, uh, honestly with this, with this topic at all. Um, but, uh, I have been in some feed plants in the U S that, that use a, uh, pathogen control product that, and I don't know what percentage or anything that, but it did have, uh, some formaldehyde in it. And, you know, in the plant, you know, right near the mixer where uh, it is applied, uh, I mean, there was no uh, odor or anything. I mean, there, uh, everything is sealed and, uh, you know, from a worker standpoint, um, uh, certainly didn't appear to be, uh, you know, any issues um in in that particular plant anyway so is mm -hmm. uh, is the way it was I, i'm just trying to think through the reasoning behind banning it in uh, you know in europe as an example that you know i understand if if it's not if it's not handled and controlled properly uh there's it's some bad stuff but um from from the the little bit of exposure I've had, um, it, it appears that you know if it's handled and vented and everything sealed correctly, um, you know there's not any issues from the worker standpoint. Just be interested in in your thoughts and experience with that uh, at uh, at different companies or different uh, different countries or. Uh, just what your experience is. Yeah, yeah. The, the, more and more, the companies that have uh, have products, uh, formaldehyde-based products, they are mm -hmm. investing in, a, in the application system, right? To to really 
apply the product very well to 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 make sure that the product will uh, uh, you connect with the, the the ingredients and be 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 uh, stable and to make sure that the vapors will not uh, 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 leave the system. Uh, but uh, there, there is this uh, ban from Europe based on the risk that exists of the formaldehyde uh, vapors on, in, on, on the air and the exposition for the, the workers. So it's, 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 it's banned for their market. And if we want to follow, if we want to reach their market, we have to follow uh, their uh, rules, right? So th this is why there is this uh, um, space for alternatives of formaldehyde products, right? Because of this, this, this request of the market. It's a market uh, demand. Sure. Yep. Good. Thank you. Uh, what What are the advantages and disadvantages of organic acids? Sure. So I will take that take that question. Uh, so speaking of organic acids and even some those derivatives, so um, the most commonly used organic acids incorporated into feed or raw materials uh, include formic, propionic, and lactic acids. And, and all those organic acids have been shown to be effective to reduce bacterial contamination, such as salmonella, as example, uh, in different raw material and feed metrics. The proposed mode of action of organic acids to mitigate the bacterial contamination suggests that organic acids can penetrate the cell membrane of bacteria. And once these acids enter into the bacterial cells, they can dissociate it and release the proton, uh, which causes the reduction of the intracellular pH inside of bacteria. And that's going to disrupt the DNA protein synthesis uh, inside bacteria and eventually inhibits the bacterial proliferation. And as for derivatives, um, monoglycerides as one of those organic acid derivatives are also particularly effective at controlling harmful bacteria. So monoglycerides are formed from the chemical reaction uh, where glycerol transform organic acids to their corresponding esters. And monoglycerides are generally easier to handle um, at manufacturing facilities because of the reduced acidic odor and corrosiveness. And comparing to the organic acids, the corresponding monoglycerides even require a lower concentration to be effective against bacteria. And in addition, research has shown that combining a mixture of organic acids and monoglycerides has synergistic effects uh, and that even uh, results in improved efficacy to inhibit bacteria contamination com uh, compared to use uh, uh, organic acids or monoglycerides by themselves. And comparing to formaldehyde, organic acids and monoglycerides or combination of both, uh, they are safe for alternatives and still being effective. Um, and then when utilized organic acids and monoglycerides for bacterial contamination control, it is really important to choose the right organic acids or monoglycerides um, and also to define that application methodology and the op optimal application rate 
based on the target performance and acceptable cost for the specific feed raw materials or complete feed. What uh, what kind of uh, applications um, would you use for for uh, um, mon- organic acids and monoglycerides? So there's uh, kind of like a broad spectrum applications uh, can can be um, utilized. Um, I mean, the organic acids can can or and monoglycerides can be utilized for for those applications. Um, so Flavio, I will let you to talk about some of those raw materials that more plant-based, uh, based on your experience first. Yeah, the, 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 we, we, one of the, the, we can use the organic acid is in raw materials, uh, but we, we have to consider some, some steps. We have to consider, have some considerations uh, in how to decide which organic acid and how to apply the organic acid in raw materials. For example, we have to, to understand the the supplier of the the raw material, which type of, su- of supplier we have, which conditions we have in in this uh, supplier of the raw materials, uh, we have to consider the risks of contamination of the, the that we have in this the levels of contaminations that we could find in this raw material, and also the inclusion rates in the final diets. I mean the volumes that we will deal with this this uh, raw material inside of the feed meals, right? So we have to consider all these these factors uh, to, to to consider if we, we treat or not this uh, one specific raw material. In the case of soybean meal, uh, it's a very uh, nice example uh, to represent the, some other vegetal uh, protein meals. Like we have uh, suppliers that have very high standards of production and process to the nutritional values, but only part of them are uh, really uh, prepared to work in on reducing the risks of salmonella, for example. Right? They have a lot of challenges to adapt the, the, the processing plant to reduce the risks of salmonella. Uh, the, 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 the risks are uh, around all throughout the whole production chain. Since uh, they receive the, the processing plant, they receive the, the soybean meal from crops in, from the field uh, that were, was or uh, harvest uh, in, in the dusty, in the field. Uh, during the harvesting, there is a risk to, 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 to contaminate the soybean. During the processing, uh, if you Add more or less. It depends on the process you have. You you can have right higher or la- lower risks of contamination, and mainly during the transportation storage. Uh, we know that to storage soybean meal is not easy to have controls to avoid the contamination of uh, any kind of bacteria, right? And and in, in the case of someone in soybean meal, we have uh, around five percent average. Of incident, incidence of salmonella, uh, but we have we have to consider that we have 20% of the inclusion rates in the final diets, so very high volumes in the feed plant. Uh, so there is a, a risk factor that we have to consider. So it's important to consider the chemical treatment for soybean meal, for example. 
both uh, organic acid or monoglycerides or blends of them. We have to use these products to mitigate the, the, these risks that we, 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 we can see. There are a lot of options uh, in the market of organic acids and uh, they vary uh, based on the countries or regions regulations. Uh, some countries uh, that are it's not allowed to use some specific organic acids, some others is uh, is allowed. Uh, the, the the animal production system we have to consider if it's possible to apply one product or not, and also commercial conditions, right? If we have uh, uh, options cheaper than others, uh, we have to 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 test, we have to evaluate, and we have to 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 check. Uh, 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 the efficacy. Uh, most of all places uh, uh, that we have, we have for raw materials too, we have the combinations of heat process and organic acids uh, to, to protect against the recontamination, right? So the same as feed. But uh, we, when you talk about the organic acid by, by, by himself, uh, I can tell you that, uh, as, as uh, Ing mentioned, uh, formic acid is very well established as an effective uh, uh, organic acid against several bacteria, including the Salmonella. And mainly, uh, formic acid blends based on formic, formic acid, uh, organic acid blends based on formic acid. Because uh, if, we, if we do blends, uh, we 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 try to find uh, uh, synergistic effects of this this different organic acids. We can uh, we can protect the the, the raw material uh, for a wide range of microorganisms. Uh, these these blends are, for example, uh, blends of formic acid and propionic acid. So we can use these uh, different blends uh, for different applications. Uh, we can. We have different formulas for specific applications, or specific needs, uh, so that we have to consider uh, once we decide to use the organic acid. There are several studies, uh, publications uh, of uh, different combinations of organic acids in, in the literature, in the market. Uh, you, you can see uh, different answers on efficacy for salmonella on vegetable protein meals uh, depends on the the strain that you are considering in in the evaluation depends on the level of the contamination of the bacteria or the, or the salmonella the length of the storage that you have uh, of the, this raw material the time after application you have to manage if you have time you can go for one one type of product. You have less time. You uh, you have to consider other type of product or even a, a higher inclusion rate. So the formula and the physical form of the acid uh, interferes in the result. Uh, if it's free, if it's salt in salts, it's buffered as salts. If it's using other technology like uh, monoglycerides, uh, and also the inclusion rate. But in general, what we can see uh, in, uh, as results is one to log uh, reduction in salmonella uh, with rates, uh, inclusion rates up to 1% uh, 
after three days of treatment in general, right? We have some findings, recent findings from some uh, trials developed that we could see some formulas of organic acids with results higher than three log reduction uh, for Salmonella and Bandaka. That's one of the most prevalent in soybean meal uh, in, around the world. And considering lower inclusions rates, uh, close to 0.25% of inclusions, and uh, always considering the three days of uh, after treatment. So uh, there are there is there is a, a movement. There is a, a it's a live uh, a market. It's a live uh, each day. You have a new uh, product, a new formula in, in in the market available in the market. Uh, it's important that uh, people involved in decision inside of the, 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 the soybean, soybean meal plant, uh, processing plant, to have the know-how, uh, to use their experience, uh, to consider the levels of contamination, the challenge that they have, check the products available, and try to find the best results for their conditions. This is, uh, I believe that uh, it's most important for the, for the, the treatment with organic acids in raw materials. So just to add on that, uh, organic acids and some of those derivatives can be also used for bacterial contamination control in animal protein raw material. So animal byproducts such as fish meal, chicken byproduct meal, chicken bone meal, uh, and some other rendered animal protein can be heavily contaminated with bacteria such as salmonella from the source material. And then when this uh, raw material, those byproducts are used as feed ingredient, um, they can introduce salmonella and then result in contaminated final feed product. So here, organic acids and some of those derivatives have been proven to be effective solutions to, to control those bacterial contamination. So our research experience has demonstrated that blends of organic acids are more effective to inhibit salmonella, as example, in the rendered animal protein meal than single acids, kind of like similar funding as Flavio mentioned for some of those plant-based raw materials such as soybean meal. Um, and such funding showed that this potential synergistic effects when you combine different organic acids than just using single acids. We also did some recent research in poultry meal, uh, and the, uh, we, we noticed that when we combine uh, specific organic acids and monoglycerides, we saw better efficacy. Uh, and such combination of acids and monoglycerides showed um, lower concentration is needed than, than acids alone uh, to uh, achieve that targeted performance and also that bacterial inhibition effects of the combination of acids and monoglycerides lasted longer uh, than the acids alone. So that's kind of like now the, the trend of our um, research. We want to further identify what are the optimal formula or those what is the uh, optimal combination of those different organic acids, derivatives, including monoglycerides for the specific targets for the specific ap application. Is there a difference in application if you're applying those products in a complete feed ration versus individual ingredients, or is it similar? There will be some difference 
uh, there since those different uh, raw material uh, or the company feed, they, they have different uh, properties like the protein level, the fat level, um, and, and also the contamination um, uh, can be different. Like some of those raw materials maybe uh, has higher contamination level in specific bacteria. So there we all need to consider those different factors together uh, when we try to decide what is the right treatment, what is the, even the right formula of those different uh, organic acids or derivatives to use for, for that specific um, um, application uh, based, based on the contamination level and also the specific matrix. I'll talk about the, the chemical treatment that uh, the organic acid is, is, is really important, even uh, associated with uh, some other tools uh, related to the biosecurity, right? Uh, uh, we have to guarantee that we protect the, this feed against the recontamination even if the raw materials uh, were already treated, right? So we have to guarantee the residual protection. So this is this is why it's really important to consider this uh, this uh, organic acid treatment. There are some options of products uh, uh, to 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 do this uh, this treatment. The, there is the same behavior, the same uh, answers uh, that we can find in the raw materials, uh, different formulas, different results, uh, and probably the best formula to control uh, the salmonella in soybean meal is not the best option to the feed. Uh, we we have seen it in some 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 trials uh, that uh, we must we must consider that some organic acids and monoglycerides. Uh, that in the case of monoglycerides, they are uh, stable. They are very. Uh, they have very high stability under different pH and different mode of actions. So this combination of organic acids that you are offering to the, you are treating the feed, uh, could have some nutritional effect also to the to the animal. Uh, could create a gastric barrier to the other to other contaminations uh, could help in protein digestion and performance and so on so it's 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 important to consider the formula that you are uh, uh, using in the diet right uh, as results again the same as in raw materials you can you can find uh, uh, in the literature you can find the, the, the in the Articles and papers published that uh, you can you can reach uh, more than three logs uh, of reduction in salmonella uh, with organic acids. And some recent trials uh, that we developed uh, in some labs in, in 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 some labs in Brazil that we developed that we could find uh, uh, inclusion rates at last uh, close to. 0.5% a reduction of three logs of uh, one salmonella tifimurium for uh, 72 hours, uh, for, sorry, for 48 hours. And if you consider an, a different salmonella, for example, the salmonella Sanftenberg, that's more resistant, higher levels uh, of product and time is, is necessary to have the same protection. So, this is why it's a, it's a science, right? Uh, uh, what to use as, organ as option and how to use. One of the, 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 
topics that you mentioned uh, is the application for feed uh, maybe is easier than uh, for raw materials uh, because we have uh, they spray uh, the nozzles inside of a mixer and uh, considering that we have uh, for the raw materials we have spray in the conveyor belt uh, using sometimes the auger to mix and transport the, the, the product treated uh, comparing to the mixers with a controlled volume that we have inside of a, a feed plant that you know exactly the volume that we want to we want we need to treat and we, we, we know exactly the time that we have to to mix the product so it's it's easier to to treat because uh, uh, homogeneity in this case of uh, using not only organic gas but also formaldehyde homogeneity is, is key uh, you have to apply uh, homogeneously the, the products to have very good results. And in summary, in terms of diet uh, treatment uh, uh, to control uh, contamination, uh, there, are, uh, there are options of organic acid blends uh, and derivatives as uh, the monoglycerides that are effective with or without the thermal treatment. The success will depend on the knowledge and experience in the field of the decision maker, uh, the feed meal. Uh, they, they have to, to be aware uh, what what they are using in this uh, in their feed. And it's key to it's to have the, the quality and the production managers uh, uh, Keeping uh, continuously improving the knowledge, keeping informed, updated about the new developments of products, and to help them to to the day-to-day -day decisions of what kind of products they they will use or not, they will apply in their in their specific conditions. Yeah, earlier you you mentioned uh, you were talking about sampling, and if I understood your uh, your your meaning correctly. Basically, um, if 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 our sampling within the feed plant is 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 always negative, then we're not sampling the right places. We're not um, uh, you know trying hard enough, so to speak, to to find it. What are um, what are some of the areas in the feed plant that your experience has shown that should be sampled that that aren't being sampled? To find to find the salmonella. Yeah, to find yeah. contamination. All all the places uh, where you have a uh, um, uh, difficult uh, when you have accumulated feed or accumulated dust when you when it's difficult to to reach to clean. Uh, uh, or in, in, all the, in all the system, there are different to, uh, uh, points that you can choose to, to, sam to, to do samples and, and different feed plants, different uh, systems, you, you have different uh, points to consider, uh, but also you have to uh, sample uh, in, the, in the cooler, in the top of the cooler, uh, mm -hmm. You you have the 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 
the air and you have the the vapors the the difference between the the temperatures you have the humidity in the top of the the cooler and you have dusty and in this in this place it's also easy to if the problem is the recontamination from the air you have you can find positive samples in this place so for different feed plants uh different uh, uh points that uh, that uh, locals that you have to 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 consider for a, for a sampling uh program but uh in general the the, the places you the, the people of the feed plant knows the places where it is difficult to clean the places where it is easy to accumulate uh, uh, feed or accumulate dusty or accumulate uh, residues of uh, products, it's probably the, the uh, uh, easier to find a positive sample. Yeah, I I agree. We 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 probably know where those areas are and don't yeah. um, cleaning the top of the the cooler, especially in a counter flow style cooler. We don't go in the coolers very often, as a general rule. So. Um, certainly, certainly opportunities for uh, for bacterial growth in 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 those areas. You've got the the warmness, the moisture. I mean, it's probably ideal climate for uh, for bacterial growth. Sure, sure. Um, so, well, uh, I've really enjoyed this uh, uh, these discussions today. Is there anything anything else uh, in summary that? Uh, you want to want to discuss uh, to wrap things up, or do we move into the uh, the, the final three questions we like to ask each um, uh, each time in each podcast? Um, so, are we ready to move on? Yeah. Sure. Okay. It's time for our famous three. Ivonic Animal Nutrition is committed to ensure food security and safety while reducing the ecological footprint of animal farming. Its products and services use evidence-based solutions that seek to promote animal welfare and reduce reliance on natural resources. All this is underpinned by long-standing industry partnerships and deep customer understanding. Ivonic's focus on efficiency, sustainable, healthy nutrition, and collaborations with livestock farming partners creates value for customers and consumers. The first question is, um, you know, what what is uh, kind of a go-to resource uh, that uh, that has been a benefit to you throughout your career related to, uh, you know, either uh, bacteria uh, bacteria growth, uh, uh, feed milling, uh, any anything relative to the the ag industry? Um, well, in, in my case, is there are several uh, several uh, um, um, options that you can find uh, good, inf very high quality information about this this segment. Uh, I usually I I focus on some universities of reference uh, in, in, in that has been working with uh, uh, proce processing and feed. Uh, some scientific magazines. Uh, we have different ones in different areas for poultry and swine that has specific 
topics related to to microbio, uh, microbiological control and microbiological uh, uh, contamination. And there, there is uh, some of them, and also the regulation uh, uh, associations, right? The from different countries, the European Food Safety Authority (FDA). Uh, the, some Brazilian institutions like Embrapa and Ministry of Agriculture that has some publications about this topic. Uh, that there is a, a mix of uh, options that we can find uh, very good, very high level information about this, this topic, in my opinion. Good. Okay, uh, second question, uh, kind of similar to the first, but uh, a kind of a go-to resource uh, that uh, may be outside of, uh, you know, of pathogen control outside of, of, of agriculture. Uh, Ying, do you want to take this one? Sure. Uh, so based on my uh, experience, I, um, I took some of those trainings and I also still uh, use those reference materials uh, on, on the topic of uh, social style. And I found that as really helpful. So uh, that basically talk about uh, the characteristic and then uh, kind of like different styles of people. So um, those information helped me uh, when I uh, interact with different colleagues, uh, co-workers, uh, even like customers, clients, um, I could uh, based on those kind of like general principle to identify what kind of style uh, they belong to. And then that helped me to uh, kind of like uh, develop some general um, uh, rules to, to help me communicate with them. I, I think that is a good, good topic to, to have some knowledge on. Um, and, and then, yeah, we all know communication is so important uh, for our day-to-day uh, -day work and also for, for the uh, general um, uh, work that we're doing in the industry and e even uh, personal life. Yeah, good. Uh, last question, either one of you can take it, tag team it, however you want to do it. But uh, uh, in your opinion, what, uh, uh, what separates uh, people from being successful or uh, less successful in, uh, you know, in their professional discipline? Well, there are some skills, right, uh, Ing, that is important to to be successful. It's it's a lot. Uh, um, uh, it's a lot of, uh, particular, right? Some people has uh, some opinions, different opinions, but. Uh, I believe that attitude is 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 mandatory, and people has uh, has attitude since the they are studying, uh, they are looking for uh, solutions, looking for uh, things to do, and to find uh, 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 solutions in general. It's it's really important, and and also I I can mention some skills like uh, empathy uh, to to consider the. The, the, the environment consider the, the people that you are interacting and also communication is important to to to, to have a, as a skills to to be some of them right i don't know if you have a different opinion so for me i, I think um the, uh, one of those skills or, or um characteristic is important that is really uh, to have an open mind um, or facing a lot of challenges 
and changes today. So uh, it's important to me that to have open mind um, to, to when we interact with people, uh, then uh, also open to learn new information and adopt new ideas uh, from others, um, and then to leverage those new information, new ideas, resource uh, to, to help each other. Uh, so to me, that open mind uh, is, is important. Totally agree. Those are all very good, uh, very good examples. Um, well, um, I think this is going to wrap up our podcast for today. I sincerely appreciate your time, your expertise, uh, explaining uh, the intricacies of pathogen control. So thank you. Thank you very much. And this will conclude the podcast for today. Thank you. Thank you for having us today. Looking to elevate your brand and captivate audiences through the power of podcasting? Look no further. Introducing the custom podcast brought to you by Wisemetics, where we take care of the behind the scenes so that you can focus on what truly matters. Podcasting has become an invaluable tool for brand awareness, but let's face it, putting it into practice can be a daunting task. It's incredibly time consuming and requires technical know-how, but don't worry, we've got you covered. With our experienced team at the help, we'll handle the operational aspects so you can channel your energy into what your company does best. Are you ready to unleash the podcasting potential of your company? Schedule a call with one of our specialists today at the link in the bottom of this episode. You'll also receive a free podcast strategy consult tailored to the unique needs and goals of your business.